the college baseball experience on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Bird Dog Shorts. Dominate the summer with an amazing pair of shorts and a free Yeti-style tumbler when you order over at birddogs.com slash pool. That's birddogs.com slash pool. Alright, alrighty, welcome back to the College Baseball Experience. I'm your host, Noah Beanick, aka 77, and I am here with you at 2.45 a.m. Eastern Time on Wednesday, June 21st, to talk about these two semifinal College World Series games. I ate shit yesterday. <laughs> yep. Uh, went over 2 on the sides, 1-1 one one on the totals, and 1-1 one one on the run lines. Not a good day because, in general, I went 0 3 on the bets that I gave out. My worst day in the College World Series, my first losing day in the College World Series. It just sucks because when you have two games only and they both don't go your way, the morale's just kind of down. However, still in a great spot, and my 100 to 1 on TCU, even though I faded it, taking a little Roberts there is still alive, and I feel okay about it going into this game with Florida. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, again, not a ton of fun for me reviewing a couple of games that didn't nearly go my way in either one of them. Oral Roberts blown out 6-1. to one. They were really never even close to getting anything going, and Tennessee just couldn't scratch across any runs. They had some runners on base later in the game, and they lose 5 nothing. They get shut out. And we had one of those College World Series unsung heroes and Nate Ackenhausen show up, and it just ruined the day. <laughs> the, the handicap in LSU not really having the bullpen depth kind of blew up in my face because they only threw two pitchers. And Ackenhausen had been solid the whole year. He didn't start a game going into the day. So that's why I didn't even consider him to get the ball first. So I didn't – I mean, you wouldn't figure that a guy that had never started in this season would start a game in Omaha in the College World Series. That's why I'm kind of pissed because I didn't see it coming. And Riley Cooper has been great for LSU the whole year, and he was the guy that I, I thought would start anyway. So I'm mad, but in the same point, I'm like, well, if you just throw Riley Cooper in there and he has a great day, you could have expected that to come. It is what it is, but LSU's still in the same spot here against Wake Forest. Um, and we'll talk about that also in a little bit. Tennessee, their defense was really bad couple of errors in that game, a couple of miscues, and Tony Vitello with a couple of questioning, questionable coaching decisions in that game, um, pulling Halverson after four pitches and one at bat and a one-two count was something. 
something is the only way I can describe that. Um, yeah, it is what it is. But uh, we had we had the line literally drop at two thirty uh, a.m. Eastern time here, so that's why I didn't book a guest one because I was on the sports gambling podcast as well with the guys with Sean Kramer and Colby. Um, so I was able to talk a little bit of college baseball there. We ran without a line, but I mean, that's just not how I rolled on this show. I was going to try to wait it out as long as I could. 2.47 a.m. Here we are. We have a line. Um, fantasy scores, I didn't go through and tally them up. I'll do that prior to the, the College World Series finals. Um, however, my team is in the lead. <laughs> you could take that from me. I have a pretty sizable lead, actually. Um, and before we uh, jump, it's going to be a short episode. I don't have a guest on. I'm not trying to keep you guys here any longer. But I need to hit Bird Dogs first because they do amazing stuff. And they've done a great job in supporting SGPN. And they make you look good. They'll support you as well because they're designed. their shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dogs shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit much better, and they fit better better than regular shorts uh, that are made from stiff and restricting cotton. Bird Dogs fixed this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird Dogs also uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Um, I've always mentioned it on the show. You go play around a golf. These things will not smell if you're sweating for four hours at the golf course and you take off and go to a grad party. Just show your face for a half hour and then you dip, go home, watch some of the College World Series. That's what I'll have to do this weekend. That's why I'm not going to have any shows day by day during the College World Series finals. One, because there's only one game and it's the same two teams. But two, I'm busy helping set up a grad party. And then I'll be at the grad party on Saturday. And then Sunday is a 50th wedding anniversary. That was the main reason that kept me from being at Omaha right now. So quite disappointing, but that's how how it rolls sometimes. Um, game one here, 2 p.m. Eastern time, uh, 1 p.m. Central time in Omaha. It is the Florida Gators are the acting road team against the TCU Horn Frogs. Um, Florida. They've only played two games in Omaha, so their third starter is good to go and actually hasn't pitched in over 18 days. But it's a guy that, I mean, everybody's fallen in love with, and they're calling him Jack Tawny when, I mean, we've called him by CAGS for most of the season. Then all of a sudden the NCAA tournament starts and his nickname's Jack Tawny. Um, you know, he's kind of just – he's hot and cold. Recently he's been pretty damn good. He's got a 161 ERA in his last six starts, a 237 ERA in his two postseason starts. However, um, it was in the SEC tournament, and then the first NCAA tournament game was against Florida A&M, and he started against them. So take that with a little bit of a grain of salt. Um, he had a fi- he had five walks in those two starts, um, which has always been his kind of kryptonite as a hard throwing lefty. Uh, he's had like seven games where he's not been able to pitch into the fourth inning. So that's definitely an issue here for Florida if that happens. Um, Their pitching scenario, though, I mean, they had the bye, they had the day off on Tuesday. They're good to go. 
I mean, they're not going to throw Waldrop or Sprout after those two have started their first two games, but um, you can expect to see Brandon Neely out of the pen. You can expect to see Ryan Slater, Philip Abner, and Nick, Nick Ficarota, who have all appeared throughout the NCAA tournament uh, in the last three weeks here. Um, for TCU, I think, you know, Cole Klecker, he only threw 87 pitches on Friday. Now, technically, it's short rest for a college starting pitcher, but it's the College World Series now, and things change when you get to this big stage. Four days rest is MLB rest, and I think he's gonna th- he's gonna start here. I mean, uh, Kirk Sarlos, when he was on microphone during the interview during one of their games, he said that uh, actually no, it was during a press conference after the second game. He said that Cole Klecker was set and told him that he was ready to go in the elimination game against Virginia. And Sarlos said, you're not allowed to be ready to go. Go put your running shoes on. Um, so, I mean, Klecker is going to be good to go. He's going to want the ball. And I think they're going to give him the ball here. Um, he's TCU's best starting pitcher. And with uh, on appropriate rest, it's not going to be an egregious start here. I think they'll let him start. Uh, he's pitched in four postseason games with a 332 ERA. He's only got a 3.4 strikeout to walk ratio, so he's a pitch-to-contact guy. And against this Florida lineup that's very very talented, um, when they put the ball in play, they're going to drive it. So that's a little bit of a question mark for me. Uh, but Klecker has been pretty dang good in the NCAA tournament. The Gators – or, uh, sorry, uh, the TCU bullpen scenario, bullpen situation here – I'm crossing off Cam Brown after 46 pitches yesterday. I just think that's a little bit too many. And plus, he hasn't really pitched out of uh, in relief much this season. And also, I don't think we see Sam Stoutenborough after throwing 64 pitches on Saturday. On Sunday, sorry. Not Saturday, Sunday. Um, the go-to arms here out of the pen for TCU, it's going to be Ben Abelt. They didn't need him yesterday against Oral Roberts. So now he's on two days rest after throwing – 18 pitches on Sunday. Uh, Garrett Wright will be available. He's on two days rest after 43 pitches on Sunday. Wright has a 360 ERA in four postseason appearances. Abelt, he is a 0.71 ERA, only allowing two runs in 24.1 innings since May 1st. Luke Savage, Cohen Feaser, and Hunter Hodges all through in the upper 30s amount of pitches here on Tuesday. So I, I, I would say they probably don't appear here, but uh, it's not out of the realm of, realm of possibility. But Garrett Wright and Ben Abelt have been able to do the job uh, just with those two guys throughout this NCAA tournament. So I think the most likely scenario we see here is Klecker, Wright, Abelt. And I think that gives them a great chance to win this game. Uh, we just don't know how Cags is going to go. Uh 18 days of rest for Cags. He could be a little bit rusty, and honestly, he's hit or miss to begin with. Uh, that's coming directly from a Florida Gators fan. And uh, I think that Florida knows that they can afford a loss, so they're going to hold back um, if they're down and just be ready to throw everything at TCU uh, on Thursday if they lose when Brandon Sprout would be their starter. However, like it's it's more beneficial if they win this game on Wednesday. I just don't think they're going to the 
they're going to press. You, they they know they have another day. TCU, they have their backs up against the wall. They're going to do everything they can to win this game. And then I think that's going to leave them exposed on Thursday to then lose to Florida then. So I think this is a great spot for a TCU money line, TCU run line. And, of course, uh, unders have been hitting like crazy in Omaha. Um, you know, they're 10-0 and 0 on the opening line, 9-1, and 1, uh, or 8-1-1 one and 1 on the closing line. So take your pick here. Uh, if you're an auto-unders player, I mean, I, I don't see this game going to 12 runs. However, uh, that line has from open it opened at 11 and a half. It's now at 11. So if you're going to, if you're going to get on it, I would, I would do so. Cause I think the unders thing has uh, gotten out there a little bit more over the last day and a half or so. So just a review. I think that TCU, they have a great chance of winning this game and at plus plus one thirty, I think they do. Um, so plus one thirty, or actually it's plus one forty five Now it's gone up. 15 points. So Florida minus 180 on the money line, TCU plus 145. The total set at 11 minus 115 both ways. Florida minus one and a half is minus 135. TCU plus one and a half is plus 105. Um, sorry, I've, I've got like a little bit of a headache. I'm not endurenced enough like I was in the conference tournament season to be doing these at three in the morning. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's why I'm like a little bit lacking the enthusiasm today but i'm delivering uh like we always do here with the college experience uh shout out to alfred and ryan hasty in the live chat right now uh we've also had zane flores and uh alfred earlier actually shout out to alfred he was he was waiting for a little bit on this show uh getting ready to talk his deeks but hasty he goes tcu run line plus 105 tcu money line plus 140 and the under 11 left let's fucking go Totally agree with Hasty here. I like it. Uh, he goes, you're crushing it, Noah. It's all good, bro. Hey, man. I appreciate you for jumping in live. I mean, it's 3 a.m. in the East. <laughs> I know we were always doing that with the college basketball experience. I'm just not. Um, I'm like three weeks removed from my conference tournament grind when I was doing that. But uh, before we jump into the big game of the night, LSU and Wake Forest, we're brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Best Ball Mania 4 is here, and Underdog Fantasy is giving away $15 million in prizes. Underdog Pick'em is also a great way to get down on your favorite MLB and college baseball player props. There's so many ways to win over on Underdog and so many active states. Head over to underdog.com, underdogfantasy.com, sorry, and use promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. Okay, the second game of the day is Wake Forest and LSU. Wake Forest, they opened at a minus 145 money line price. LSU plus 115. The total is at 11.5. The over is actually minus 120 here. The under minus 110. Wake Forest minus 1.5 is plus 100. LSU plus 1.5 minus 130. Alfred, he goes, you're killing the, the College World Series, man. Thanks. I, I'm just in a terrible mood after going 0-3 today, but, you know, it, it has been all right. <laughs> and I will say it should get better as it goes along. And hasty egos, yeah. CBB all over again, LOL. It is. <laughs> it definitely is. Um, so, yeah, moving on to Wake Forest, LSU. 
the Deeks, they have a whole batch of arms that they could that have started ball games for them this season and they could roll out and they would do just fine here in Omaha, I think. I, I think the top two candidates to start this game for Wake Forest would be Seth Keener or Sean Sullivan. Lots of people are talking up Keener to start. Uh, Keener is two, uh, he has a 286 ERA in three postseason appearances, Seth Keener does. And I just, if there's one team that's going to make this move, it's going to be Wake Forest. They're very, very analytically driven, and they would have access to these numbers that I do not. There is the rumor that, SC, uh, that LSU struggles against lefties. And I did digging for yesterday's show. Uh, actually, no, I did digging for the Josh Hartle show with Wake Forest, knowing that they would start the lefty against LSU. And, I mean, he dealt four innings, uh, gave up – or, no, he went six innings, gave up four hits, had nine strikeouts. It was, a, it was a pretty damn good day for Hartle going up against LSU. And I'll run through it one more time here because – you know, their LSU's recent performances against left-handed starting pitching from the SEC, and then include Hartle now. Um, this is a team that had been scoring 9.2 runs per game, but they're 0-5 in their last five games started by a left-handed pitcher from the SEC or Josh Hartle. And walking through those games, they only scored two runs against Auburn and Tommy Vale's start, five runs against Georgia and Liam Sullivan's start, Four runs against Arkansas when they pitched Hagen Smith and Hunter Holland. Four runs against Texas A&M and Will Johnston's start. And then only two runs against Wake Forest and Josh Hartle's start. If you add all of that up, that's only 3.4 runs a game for an offense that averages 9.2. I've said it on the show a couple of times during the College World Series. You're just looking to poke holes in what is a really, really outstanding offense and when you have something like this that kind of does i think they should start the left-hander and sean sullivan for wake forest and i mean he's coming off of injury but he's appeared out of the bullpen a couple of times and he's looked great again like anybody that wake forest throws they're going to have the advantage over lsu we'll touch on lsu's situation here in a little bit but yeah i i just Compared to LSU having to piece some things together, they would need another miraculous start that they got from Nate Ackenhausen to win this game, in my opinion. And they're they're going to have to throw a couple of guys that haven't thrown important innings in quite some time. Uh, as we know, Riley Cooper was my projection yesterday for LSU. He didn't throw. He didn't start. He threw in the game. Um, still, it's driving me a little bit nuts that we don't know whichever way it's going to go here. Um, you, you need the LSU's game plan here is just survive in advance to get to a Thursday game where it would be reasonable to trot out Paul Skeens after 123 pitches on four days rest and use them saying it's MLB rest and they'll be able to throw Paul Skeens. I am like, I would list Christian Little as my projected starter at about 30% sure. 
then I would dip down to how the only reason why I do that is because he's got experience starting games in Omaha when he was here with Vanderbilt in 2021. Then I dip down to about 20% for Blake Money, 20% for Gavin Guidry. They've been experiencing, uh, experimenting with Guidry since May 1st. Um, he has a 419 ERA in the NCAA tournament. He has allowed two home runs and 4.1 tournament innings. Uh, so that's not good. I think all of these guys are vulnerable to a very good Wake Forest offense. Um, and I list the other option at also 30%. I just don't, I have no clue what LSU is going to do here for their, their pitching. And it's frustrating. Um, I think all of these guys are vulnerable. Like I said, um, Wake Forest offense, they're legit. And they've kind of just slept walked through the first couple of games. And hopefully they wake up, but they're doing just enough. And their role players have really stepped up. You look at Danny Corona has been one of the hottest hitters for this team in the postseason. He's getting the job done. Um, and then Bennett Lee was the star of last game, who was another role player for this team throughout the year. Um, you look at Wake Forest, or at least I do, and I, I don't see how they lose the game. I can see how LSU wins it, if that makes sense. Like LS, LSU is going to out-hit them, and Wake Forest – puts up three runs like they have in the first two games and they don't do enough. But nothing, no move that they would make would lose the game, in my opinion. LSU's going to need to take it with the offensive, with, with their hitting. A move that LSU could make to lose the game is in the back end of the bullpen. Like, not even the bull, not even the back end of the bullpen to start the game. I mean, if they... If they try to throw Gavin Guidry, a freshman, who they've pitched more often than Blake Money and Christian Little lately, and the freshman doesn't live up to what they think he can do, that's an issue. Um, and Little, if his control issues rear their ugly face again, that's an issue. <laughs> and I, I don't know what's – I don't honestly know what's up with Blake Money. I mean, last year he was their Friday night guy. And now he's barely pitched. Um, so jumping into kind of like the bullpen scenario and pitching situations, because that's the other other things that I can touch on prior to these games. Wake Forest, they'll have everybody everybody good to go. Um, the only ones that won't, th won't throw are Louder and Hartle. Um, Manassie in, in the two games that he's, I mean, that Wake Forest has pitched or played. Sorry, I'm misspeaking all over the place in the show, but the two games that Wake Forest has played in the College World Series, Manassi's gone one, two, three, one, two, three, saves in both appearances against Stanford and LSU. He's been dominant. And he came into the tournament into Omaha not really even pitching important innings. They threw him against George Mason for like three outs when they're up fifteen. And I don't even think he uh through the second game against Alabama. I think he threw the first game against Bama. But, I mean, he, he threw six outs in the first two weekends. And he's looked amazing. Um, and then you also have – if 
if Keener starts, you have Sean Sullivan after him. If Sullivan starts, you have Keener after him. You have Reed Mescolo in there who's thrown, uh, who's started some games this season, and he's got an ear right sub four. Um, you also have, I mean, there, there's a lot of pieces that Wake Forest has. They're built for a, a tournament run like this, and they're on the good side of the bracket. They're on the winner's side, and they get, if they lose this game, they get another chance tomorrow. However, I don't think they'll want to take that. I think they want to win it right here, right now, because they don't even want to give LSU the chance to throw Paul Skeens. LSU, on the other hand, I mean, Riley Cooper threw 40 pitches yesterday. He could come out of the pen. However, I don't think that's the greatest move for a college arm to pitch the day after throwing 40 pitches. It's happened before, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see that again. Um, but that would make me feel a little bit better in backing Wake Forest if they throw Cooper, who's not on appropriate rest. Um, Thatcher Hurd threw 65 on Monday against this Wake Forest team. I don't think we see him. And then Ackenhausen threw 93 yesterday. We're not going to see him. And Skeen's 123 on Saturday. We won't see him. So I, I've listed a couple of these guys already. The go-tos for LSU, they'll try to mix and match these four arms. Christian Little, Blake Money, Gavin Guidry. And then I think Griffin Herring gets mixed in here as well sometime in the middle of the game. So to wrap up the show, I have currently placed TCU plus 130. That's now at plus 145 which was another reason why I'm just like, fuck. <laughs> um, but I've also jumped on this Wake Forest price right now at minus 145. My thought was, and I, I went on Sports Gambling Podcast, and I talked about it. I thought it would open at minus 150. And I said, you know what, just wait until it closes because LSU public money is going to come in. It has the last two days um, against Tennessee and against Wake Forest. Uh, 80% of the public was on Wake for or was on LSU against Wake Forest, and it was very similar against Tennessee. I don't know what the number was. Um, I didn't check it. However, Tennessee opened as a dog and they closed as a minus 130 favorite. So there's going to be a lot of late bets on LSU, and you ha you have a good opportunity to jump in on Wake Forest. Minus 145 is a better number than what I got it at the first game, which it closed at minus 150. And I thought that was a great price for Wake Forest, so I took it there. Um, I, I think you're good at minus 145. I don't even think you need to get picky. Yet. Who knows what this price is going to do tomorrow? At best, it probably only shrinks to minus 125. I, the, the books aren't going to make Wake a dog, no matter how much money they get put on LSU. They're trying to entice people to jump on LSU. So that's where I'm going with uh, the two sides. I like both unders for that matter, and I think my favorite pick of the day is probably the Wake Forest LSU under. I just think that the, the Deeks offense hasn't fully awoken yet, and I'd rather see that happen and lose money than having seen the first two outputs that they've shown us and not have money on that. Uh, they've only scored three runs in the first two games in both of them. Um, so 
Yeah, I, I, I like that under because even uh, offensively, Wake should put up more runs than LSU. I, I think they win this game. LSU's in a worse pitching scenario, but we haven't seen this Deeks offense at you know full strength since uh, Alabama, the second game in Winston-Salem. So, yeah, both unders, TCU, Wake Forest. And honestly, I think this is the play that you wait on. Maybe Wake Forest minus one and a half if it gets to plus money. I think it's at minus one. What was it? Minus 115 right now. Um, that's the one that I think you wait on. It's uh, it's plus 100 right now. If that if that price gets up to like plus 115, it might be worth it on a, a minus one and a half with the Deeks. But yeah, that's gonna do it for the show. Sorry for like a a, a downer or whatever. I just have a pounding headache after staying up for this fucking number. <laughs> all, all that for a line, but uh. Yeah, guys, I really appreciate you checking out the show, checking out the college baseball experience. Won't be many more shows after this um, for picks-wise. There's only going to be um, – if both favorites win, we'll do a College World Series preview, and that's going to be it. I'm not going to do daily shows during the finals like I already said. During this show, I've got a couple of family obligations that I have throughout the weekend that limited me from going to Omaha. And I'll have some draft stuff. I'm planning on doing like an episode or two on some positional rankings for the MLB draft. If anybody's geeky about that stuff, I'll put out just kind of how I feel about the, uh, the draft board. Um, I'm at a, I'm just brain dead of how I want to end the show. Check out the college football experience. Colby's doing 133 team previews over there. Um, and the college basketball experience is going to have an off season show coming up here soon. Um, we've been slacking on that with Colby going to Columbia and then uh, college baseball picking up here. And SGPN has plenty of people just like me doing a bunch of great coverage on their niche sport, just like I am with college baseball. I mean, you've got every everything from UFC to golf, I mean, those two aren't niche, but uh, horse racing and WNBA, and there's plenty of sports that we've got going on, over 30 shows in the network. So check them all out. Um, I highly encourage you to do that. Uh, leave a review on the show as well. Um, on the College World Series preview, I'll read some of them off. I don't have them up in front of me. I should have grabbed some, but we have – received a couple of great reviews that I want to read. I thank you all for that because it goes to the bosses first and then it gets trickled down to me. And I mean, when they're seeing all the five stars come in, that means that I'm doing a good job and I appreciate that from you guys letting them know. So uh, Ryan hasty in the chat, he goes, thanks Noah. You're doing God's work and Alfred. Great job, dude. Hey guys, I really appreciate you guys jumping in here and, 3.15 a.m. You're the real ones. Um, so check out SGPN. Check me out on Twitter at 77NB, the word 70, the number 7NB. Check out the show on Twitter, the college experience at TCE on SGPN. The Sports Gambling Podcast Network is at the 
SGP Network. And then Sports Gambling Podcast is at Gambling Podcast. I was on that show just tonight. Um, and if you want a more entertaining show, I mean, that was pretty humorous, <laughs> what we did tonight to fill some of the time on the show. So I highly appreciate you guys listening. And if you made it all the way through, even better. Uh, thanks. And you've been experiencing the better side of college baseball with the College Baseball Experience. Adios, amigos.